What's up guys? It's a great day. This is Fuquan Bilal and we are back with another great episode of the PFREI podcast series. We interview experts in the real estate business in order to provide you with some of the best investment strategies and techniques used by leading fund managers, financiers, house flippers, and more. We appreciate every single one of you for taking the time to press play on the podcast and hope you enjoy this new episode. All right, guys, we're back again with another great episode of PFREI. I'm your host, Fuquan Bilal. Today, we have a special guest, Chris Perifontaine. Is that I say it right? Prefontaine, close enough. Prefontaine, Chris Prefontaine. All right, from Smart Real Estate Coach. Uh, this Basically, Chris, the show is, uh, you know, I, I have the opportunity to interview people like yourself, seasoned real estate investors, uh, to kind of share their knowledge. With, uh, with other investors that's looking to learn about real estate um, or seasoned investors that's kind of looking for a different strategy. So I wanted to bring you on today because I know you do some real estate coaching and especially during this time it is needed for people to kind of understand how to pivot in certain marketplaces, especially guys who was just doing probably wholesaling or mm. guys just doing rentals and they kind of need other strategies or you know what should they be doing. So before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about your background and uh, give the audience a little background of, of, about yourself. Sure, but not this. Uh, I'll date myself here at the beginning, but I've been at this 30 years now. Uh, so I've touched building, rehab, wholesale, you name it, um, almost every strategy except for large, large apartment buildings. And then 2008 came um, with the, with the um, flushing of many people, and I was in that flushing. So we had at that time been signed on personally to, I don't know, 22, 23 properties or so. So that was an ugly time for us. But in hindsight, that you couldn't have convinced me then, but in hindsight now, what that did was made us totally re-engineer our business to make it recession resistant. And that included things like not taking money out from banks, not taking money out from investors, never signing personally. And so that rode us into where we are today and knock on wood, um, the niche is booming because of the chaos going on now. It was booming before and it'll be booming after, um, no question. So there's a whole bunch of um, thousands or tens of thousands of buyers and sellers that, that need us right now. And so the terms niche is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me, why are you passionate for real estate investing? This is the question I always ask my guests off the top. Um, I'm never bored with it. The second I'm bored, I just last weekend said to my wife driving, the day I'm bored, I'll stop, right? But the deals are always so different. And we have uh, like 80 associates around the country in our own deals. And they're never the same. Like when someone comes up with a curveball, I go, okay, you're going to have another one next week. I don't know what it'll be, but that's just real estate. And so it's always intriguing. That's awesome. So right now we're in the current pandemic of uh, the coronavirus situation, COVID-19. And you said it's booming. Let's talk about how so. Have you adjusted your business model a little bit? Or you say you was already recession resilient. You have some resilience built in your current strategy. Let's talk about that a little bit and how you're navigating during these times. Yeah, we did do a few tweaks to the current model. But the small tweaks. One is clearly the whole virtual aspect. But quite frankly, we were making that move about two years ago. This just made it a lot easier because now sellers go, okay, I get it. And buyers go, I get it. Like you don't have to try to tell them why you should be virtual. Okay, but the bigger tweak in the, in the niche is if I'm structuring purchase deals and I can get out 10 years ideally, but if I can get out five to 10 years instead of the old style would be three or four for us 
I'm least, less concerned, if concerned at all, about the market. I just want the term, especially with the benefits of principal pay down, that, the way we structure. So that's the only real thing we did is we went to the community and said, look, push these terms out. And just by mentally doing that, they're all getting these five and 10 year terms now, which is nice, nice security. So let's break it down for those who don't understand the term jargon and yeah. everything. Because are you doing seller financing? Are you buying subject to? What, what is the strategy here? What's the play? Sure. So we do lease purchase first and foremost, because that's a nice, easy, as you alluded to at the beginning of the show, a nice, easy in for new people in a nice, easy pivot for people looking to add it. So lease purchase is one way. Second way is uh, owner financing, but we niche down the owner financing even deeper. We target people who are free and clear. And that way they don't need quote unquote the cash today. And we structure monthly principal only payments on the price. That is a cool hedge. And then third, yeah, we do sub two, but most of our sub twos, not all, most are taking a sandwich lease, a lease purchase, and then pivoting into a sub two after they know us, trust us, like us, and we're credible with them. So that's a nice strategy. So we do all three of those. Can we back up on that last one? Hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> so say let's say <laughs> this is interesting because like for a new person or a season, I, if I'm going to have a conversation with you as my seller, yeah. And my initial conversation, especially if you're not stressed, is I'm going to buy your house, take your deed, and not pay off your loan. That's a tough thing to swallow if they don't know me yet. I don't care that we're BBB and we're credible and we're the authority in the area. It's still tough. Tougher. But if I instead say to you, I'm going to make your payments on your behalf for the next X amount of years, and I do so solid and I communicate with you over the next year or so is when we start calling them back. You know me, trust me, understand that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do now. That's an easier conversation to say, hey, Mr. Seller, I know in two or three years I owe you, let's make up a scenario, 10000 of your equity. Well, what about if I paid you X amount of that right now and I'll take over the ownership and you don't have to worry about it. The loan will stay in your name until such time I cash it out. They usually want that equity now, even if it's a severe discount. Got it. So sandwich lease into subject two. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Just learned something just now. I, I love these. I love doing this show and talking to people like yourself. I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years, but like you said, it's always something new that you that you've learned. I mean, that you that you, I mean, I've heard this, this strategy before, but the way you just broke it down and made it simple is like, wow, there's a way to get in, build that trust. And then, you know, some people just go for the juggler up front. Hey, let me just put this in the trust yeah. and let's do a subject too. And we'll make you trust you to trust. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. And they eternally don't understand what the hell is going on. So, you know what I mean? So um, I, I think that those strategies now more than ever are great because the banks, the secondary market is all, you know, shut down. Uh, no one is really lending unless it's a, a flip deal. Um, you know, the, the, the hard money lenders and stuff, they're looking for something that has an easy exit strategy. So making the homeowner the lender in this time is very important. I think that's a great strategy. So what, what do you kind of, what markets are you, what markets are you in? Let's talk about that. Um, the markets that you see this working in, because this doesn't work for every market. This probably works for an affordable. I mean, let me back up. It will work in every market, uh, but more so I see it being more successful and correct me if I'm wrong in an affordable home market prices that are 150 and less or what do you wish to take on that? Okay, very interesting point you bring up. So there's a cup, there's no wrong answer here. So I'll give you two or three different levels of this. So first of all, is it easier in the lower end to some extent to structure these deals, especially where people are not going to stop, you know, getting married and buying homes and doing that route. So it's a nice market to live in. 
However, um, there is some level of, for lack of a better word, educated or sophisticated sellers who might be in the higher end for whatever reason. They might be entrepreneurial. They might be finance people. They get it. And what we're seeing is the banks, as you just alluded to, are basically pushing the bar way up as far as qualifying for a jumbo loan, way up. You got to be super strong and you got to have 750 credit, I'm hearing from a lot of lenders. So you just took a whole bunch of buyers and flushed them out of, mar out of the market. So we have our community talking to a lot of the high end as well and they're loving it because they don't have any buyers right now. So we're kind of like the only door open right now, you know, the only shingle that says open. So I like to, to combine those. So you have some higher end and then you have a nice low end bread and butter. I like the mix. I always like a mix. I always like a variety in any market, right? So you kind of protect it. Mm. So let's just talk about a typical deal structure. Um, so you, you meet a seller, hey, um, you know, we want to buy your house. What type of down payments are you doing? What type of interest rates are, are you, are you terms? Let's talk about terms. Yeah. Generally what I'm trying to say. Okay, so on an owner financing, we don't put money down. Are there exceptions to the rules? Sure. We bought an oceanfront two and a half years ago. I was just there last week, so I'm thinking of it. But we put like nine grand down. We took it from another deal, right? But that's an exception. To the, that's anomaly. We don't put money down. Usually we give them their price, which they love, as long as we'll get our term and we don't put money down. On the owner financing deal, is it a great way for a newbie to start with not much capital? Not really, because even though we don't put money down, if you're not putting any money down, you can't expect them in the states that have transfer tax to have to pay that out of pocket. So we're usually having some closing costs for them um, on a lease, per, and there's no interest. It's principal only payments, principal only. Now, if someone says this week, I had a student say to me, the guy said he'd go 20 years. Okay, then we took it and said, let's tear this. Let's go two years, no interest, one year, low interest, and we'll tear it up. So the seller feels like they got some interest. We feel like we got enough principal pay down at the, at the upfront to make this thing work. So there's no wrong answer with these deal structures, just that we focus on principal only when we can. Um, obviously, on the lease purchases, we're just paying what the underlying debt is. So whatever the underlying amortization is, we're paying that. So how many no's to a yes? I mean, I'm just visualizing in my mind going to doing some marketing. Hey, you want to buy your house? This is great. What you want? We want 150. We'll pay that price, but we're not going to put any money down. And every payment we make will go towards that 150 purchase price. Well, yeah, about right. a third of uh, the people we talk to are open to it. And then on the appointments we go on, in this market, it's, it's skewed for the better. But usually it's like one out of four appointments you go on, you're going to get, you're gonna get a uh, deal. Right now it's crazy. We can't handle leads. But you can't, you know, this will slow down a little bit soon. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe it's going to keep being chaotic. Uh, but it's, it's, I'll give you some real metrics. For every property sheet I have from someone, say you're the seller, from someone says, ah, I'm open, you know, let me know what you got. For every property sheet, it takes me about 11 of those to get an appointment. It takes 17 to get a house on a contract. It takes 25 to have a check in hand. So I'm talking about 25 of those sellers that said, yeah, I'm open. Uh, to go ahead and see a check in my hand. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Now, once once you do those, are, are these the strategies you're doing? Is it for you know cash flow for rentals? Or are you then taking those properties and renting them out, arbitraging some cash flow, or are you just selling them off to maybe one of the fix and flip guys? Okay. Uh, so this works. Um, just I'll give you the exception first. This works for anything, but we we've done some four units and some six units in self-directed IRAs and had some fun with that. But for the most part, we are putting rent to own tenant buyers in the homes. But here's the big caveat with our, with our 
protocol here in our philosophy in morally and ethically. We vet the buyers more than anyone I know. And we make sure that they have a mortgage ready plan that the underwriter has gone through their information, not just sexual harassment, criminal, all that, but real underwriting criteria. So that if we put them in the home, barring a life event, they're going to cash out. And so that's the strict rules up front. So we're setting these people up to win, not to you know, get a block on the head four years from now when they're supposed to cash out. So that's a big, it's a big difference with us out there. There's plenty of teachers teaching online. It's no secret that, you know, put a rent home buyer in and if they don't cash out, it's okay, do it again. Well, okay, maybe, but not morally and ethically good. I think it stinks. So we set them up to win. We do all rent to own. So, so to your point about cash flow, you have three paydays there. Cash up front, non-refundable down payment, cash each month as you pay the mortgage or the seller and you collect more, and cash on the back end as you capitalize on the principal pay down in the markup. Those three profit centers for us per deal range around 75 grand, us personally in New England. Our students around the country range from a low of 45 grand to a high of quarter of a million, you know, in the higher end markets. That's amazing. What made you get into the coaching? I mean, how, how did that start? Let's talk about that a little bit because I know you do some coaching and that's why I wanted to bring you on, uh, you know, and introduce you to the group. What made you get into that? Uh, funny story. We are on an island in Rhode Island, a three town island, and it is a war college here. And a gentleman had seen some of the things we were doing and said, look, I've been to Afghanistan three tours. I'm about done. I'm going back to civilian life. Can you teach me? I, we had no students. So I said, sure. That was like in 2013. Um, and then it grew from there to, you know, from an ebook to three best-selling Amazon books to, you know, uh, 80 associates around the country and around North America really doing deals. And here's the big, here's the big thing. I saw, and I still see, and you can see my shirt, I don't know if this will be video, uh, just an enormous gap. It's still, and the gap in the industry is the time from when someone grabs onto a course or a mentor or a seminar, and then does a deal. Uh, part of our mission in the company is not just to do deals, but to shorten what we call TTFD, time to first deal. I can't tell you, and I'm sure you hear it, how many times during a week, students come and say, ah, I've spent all this money and haven't done any deals. Well, that's wrong. Like they're just, someone's marketing them some good courses. That's about it. We're in the trenches doing deals with these guys, and that's the big difference. And so I just, it sharpens my saw, to answer mm -hmm. your questions, short answer, because you cannot, Coach or mentor without keeping your finger on the pulse, so you're going to be getting in trouble with someone. Yeah, I like that also. Uh, I actually uh, used to do masterminds, uh, you know, for my note business years ago. Then I focused on the fund that I started and did that for, you know, two years. And I had a lot of people reaching out to me. Hey, hey. so I just recently started a note think tank session. And I think um, I, I like it. You know, it gives me a feeling of importance to help people for one and to see them succeed. Uh, it just brings joy when someone's able to leave their nine to five and become financially free. And like you said, it does sharpen you and you have to know, know your stuff, you know, if you're trying to teach someone else. Um, and it, it kind of really goes all, all in one with real estate. I mean, if you're, if you're doing it, you're able to help people and teach them and everything else. So it's definitely fulfilling. What can you, what can you tell, uh, you know, someone who's looking to get new and get started, and I give you an opportunity to, um, you know, plug your website and stuff like that. Someone who's looking to get started in this business. A lot of people on my Instagram, um, for those of you who might not know, at Fuquan Bilal, uh, basically reach out to me. Hey, how do I get started? You know, should I do wholesaling? Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, what can you tell people who's looking to get started? 
Yeah, well, let me thank you. Let me precede it with I don't want to step on anyone's toes and I want the listeners to know I have a podcast and I have friends that do all the niches. So I'm nothing against any of the niches. They're all on my show. We're good friends. I have a bias to the lease purchase and the, and the terms deals that we were talking about. Why? Because they create three paydays. I don't have to worry about I got to do a deal and get a check. I got to do another deal. I got to get a check. Next January, I got to do the same thing over again. So I, I'm big on the three paydays. So I would tell a new person, focus on the terms deals for bias reasons, obviously. That's what I think. And in the terms deals, focus on these purchase at first so that you only have like that literally a $10 deposit. So you're not worrying about putting cash up. That's what's built into our agreements. So that's for the new person. Uh, that's the route I would take. I had today, today, a conversation with a wholesaler. And I said, look, I'm not poo-pooing what you're doing, but I'm telling you that I was in a room about six months ago. You know, you know, Eddie Speed and that gang. I was in a private room with them with about 20 top wholesales in the country. I mean, I'm talking 10 and $20 million businesses, learning how to do terms and looked at us like, what, how, where'd this come from? And so it's, there are people gravitating to it now. I would tell you to get in it in your marketplace, own it, get good at it. And you're going to have a really cool setup for the next decade. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. I was in that session too with Eddie in, uh, in Dallas. Uh, I think it was maybe in June. So you went, there was only two, you went before me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went before you. He had it in Dallas. So it was pretty cool. Um, I've known Eddie for years. We're both note guys. And uh, I actually, that strategy that he was teaching, buying on terms, uh, maybe three years ago, I saw when he first presented it before he started doing workshops on it, came up to him at lunch, was like, thank you. You just helped me close a deal. And we were in Cali at an event, both of us was, was presenting. And I was stuck on a deal and he did the presentation. I ran to the phone called my team and, you know, reached out to the homeowner. We made a deal happen. So what you're doing, uh, you know, the seller finance, the whole thing, I think now more than ever um, is the time for people to get educated in that part and pretty much learn. So uh, let's see, you got a smart real estate coach.com uh, and you got you on Facebook also smart real estate coach.com. You have any other handles, uh, which you got at, what is that at? Uh, you have a, let me see something. I am, I am low tech, but the team's not. So you'll find them on LinkedIn. You'll find them in YouTube with all kinds of free deals. Like you can see all our deals. We expose them, um, Twitter, et cetera. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show, Chris. I really appreciate it. Another great episode, guys. PFREI. I'm your host, Fuquan Bilal. Make sure you check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, iTunes and all the other uh, platforms. Thanks a lot, Chris. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you, buddy. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Passion for Real Estate Investments podcast. Looking forward to providing you guys with more testimonials from successful real estate investors. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at a passion, the number four, REI. Thanks so much, guys. And until next time, it's a great day.